Welcome to the Spirit Truth Worship Podcast, where we have conversations about leading your church and leading your team in biblically formed worship. What is up, worship leaders? My name is Dalton Schaefer. Welcome back to the Spirit Truth Worship Podcast. Today, I've got a guest. I'm really excited for a conversation we're going to have around raising up worship leaders uh, in your ministry, Equipped Worship. Uh, Ross Fishburn from Equipped Worship. How are you doing, man? I'm doing awesome. Doing great, man. It's a sunny day here in Waco, Texas. So thanks for having me on. Man, we've got a nice uh, rainy, cold Iowa day, so it's not quite oh. not quite the same, but I'll take it. I'll take it. It's it's better than snow, which is what we've had for That's basically right. three or four months straight. So cool. Well, hey, I would love it if uh, maybe for someone who doesn't know, I kind of know where you've just come from in ministry, uh, but would you just explain for anybody listening kind of what you're doing now with Equipped Worship and how you got there and kind of what you were doing before this? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks again for having me on, Dalton. Um, Dalton and I go kind of way back. I mean, Dalton's (laughs) been sort of in the worship initiative circle, uh, I assume a a subscriber, but at least a follower on social media. And I, so I used to work for the worship initiative. I worked there six years, um, traveled in Shane and Shane's band, still playing with them as much as I can. Um, but for six years, yeah, I mean, when I started the worship initiative was two or three of us just kind of wearing all the hats in the organization and creating as much content um, to encourage worship leaders online and um, and as much music as we could that would be inspiring for worship leaders to listen to and to replicate in their services. And so I did that for six years. And uh, wow, God has been so gracious and, and patient with me. Uh, you know, I started feeling stirred. I don't know, man. It, it's probably a year or two ago where I just felt a stirring for something different, and I wasn't sure if God was calling me back into vocational ministry or if it, if it was something else. And all I knew was I had a desire to equip leaders to equip the saints for the work of the ministry yeah, in a relational format, um, not a not so much a virtual subscription thing. Um, that's not our format or our vision, although it's impactful. Um, like what the worship initiative is doing is impacting so many. I I just know. Uh, but for me, I just felt compelled the way that I'm wired and gifted, um, to sit across a table or across a virtual meeting with someone and hear their story, their context and develop a personalized plan where, where I could take everything that I've experienced and, um, the ministry context that I've been a part of over the last almost 20 years and, uh, pour into worship leaders who might feel ill-equipped or haven't had formal training, or maybe they're just, um, inexperienced. Um, and yeah. And so, so over the last year and a half, two years, uh, all of, all of that stirring has turned into, what we're talking about today, equipworship.com. So yeah, yeah, man. Wow. That's awesome. Well, I just want to say, yeah, I've been in kind of that worship initiative circle, uh, basically from the very beginning, as soon as it kind of came out and I learned about it, I jumped on back when, yeah, I think it was like very first being rolled out. There were only a couple volumes of like songs that had been released. Oh, wow. And so I, I actually jumped in as like a, I was a pretty wow. young believer. I was brand new to leading worship. Uh, and I went through it to learn how to play acoustic guitar in a worship context and how to sing, uh, and did like the vocal lessons. And then since then have 
I've used it for like learning piano to how to do worship piano oh and electric gosh, guitar. And wow, I've actually gone beautiful. through like almost every track that you can take. And so we then now use it for a whole, we, we pay for like a ton of subscriptions uh, for our church so that we can use it to do basically all of our development and craft training at our church through the worship initiative. Uh, oh my so gosh. I really, I really yeah. believe in yeah, the work that you guys have done through that. It's been personally impactful. Uh, but then now I've seen it be used over the course of like the last six years to impact a lot of other people too. So really believe in that. And which is why I was pretty uh, excited to then hear what you're doing with equipped worship. Cause it's like, man, it's even that next uh, level deeper of like more relational growth among worship leaders that maybe some of the stuff you can't really do. And just like what you said, like a subscription base, like videos, that's great for certain things, but what you guys are doing is a little bit more unique than that. And so I'd love to hear just a little bit about, yeah, just kind of like what could someone expect to like learn and grow from if they were to like sign up for equipped worship? Yeah. Well, um, we, it's the format of the program is three, six or nine months. Um, and, and three month is kind of an, an accelerated version of the nine month, but basically we, in the six and nine month, we dive deeper into biblical mission and model of worship. And we kind of get into the nitty gritty of all things, leadership and ministry. So musicality, um, technicality, (laughs) you know, the the technical side of things, um, leadership, communication, uh, biblical mission and model of worship. Um, we review rehearsals, and yeah, review awesome. services just to give objective feedback. If someone says, man, I have no idea if this is terrible or if we're doing anything right, or I just need someone to give objective feedback. We offer that yeah. as a part of the plans. Um, but yeah, um, man, we do additional services as well. Um, on-site workshop. So if you would say, oh, wow. man, I think, I think what would be helpful is, you know, instead of going to a conference this year, we invite an equip coach or someone who has experience to come into yeah. our space and work specifically with our band, with our musicians' hands on their instruments and working through a workshop. We do that, and then we do song production too. So if you're a church that's like, man, we've, we write songs and we've always wanted a way to record uh, these songs, but we can't afford the you know, $5,000 a song producer, what, you know, I'm just throwing a number out there. I yeah, don't know if it's yeah. that for everyone, but you know what I mean? Uh, it's yeah. an affordable way to produce songs that could be a gift to the body. Um, yeah. so we're doing that too, but, um, yeah, man. Um, in terms of our curriculum, man, we cover, and I know we're going to talk about this, but, but the office of the worship leader, the quote unquote yep. office, yeah. um, and what the Bible has to say about that worship set and rehearsal review, we hope to help leaders become more self-aware. And so we provide uh, proven assessments like the IEQ-9 leadership personality test Mm. uh, that Enneagram uh, uses uh, just to help leaders become more self-aware about their their own shortcomings, uh, their strengths, their weaknesses. And, um, and then we will cover things like a volunteer development pipeline. Um, you might say, what is that? But basically how do you recruit or see potential in musicians 
and leaders and onboard them and give them feedback and deploy them for the work of the ministry. So um, we'll cover things like that. Um, and I mean, as, as many things as we can cover, it's basically, it's a personalized work and development plan is the language wow. we're using, uh, yeah. where we'll, we'll cover the ministry context and the needs of the ministry and then put together a work and development plan that is personalized and tailor-made for that individual just to help them grow. Wow. Well, that's awesome. I love hearing that. That is a big part. You know, I, I serve in a church playing network where I think every worship leader in our network is trying to figure out how we can better raise up and send out worship leaders. And so I think what you're doing is like going to serve the church in such a huge way. And so, yeah, I love hearing about all that. I would love to take a moment to dig in a little bit more into the office of the worship leader. Uh, Cause I think it's so interesting that you could like search through the Bible and you're not going to see like, you know, in, in some were given to be like teachers and pastors and shepherds and worship, like it's just not in there. And yet the Bible has so much to say for those of us who now do uh, serve in that particular way in our churches. And so I'd love to hear you just dig in for a few minutes on kind of your view of the office of worship leader, how you've seen that develop and like maybe even where you think that office is going in the church today. Like I'd just love to open that up and talk about it for a little bit. Yeah, man. I mean, I would say this is the reason for equipped worship right here this conversation um you know man i we led an internship myself shane and shane um clayton some others on our staff years ago at the church that we all attended together um and you know, we started this school of leadership and it was a worship internship and you know there were probably 30 or 40 students in our worship internship and we 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 were a little in over our heads i think we didn't realize that that many folks would show up yeah, to this. That's but, awesome. <laughs> but um, people from all over the country came to this thing. And, um, and man, you know what? We just found, we learned so much through that. Um, and then fast forward over the next 15 years of worship ministry and leadership and working at the Worship Initiative together, myself and the Shanes, and um, just having these conversations has really opened our eyes to man, what does the Bible really say about the role of the worship leader? What does the, mm. What's the Bible say about the office of the worship leader, yeah. if, if yeah. anything? Yeah. And what I've come to find out is it doesn't say much, you know. Um, <laughs> what, it, what it does say, you know, there, there are moments like there's the Song of Moses in Exodus that we can point to where he, he God gave him a song and he wrote the song down and then he taught it to the Israelites um, as a reminder of what God said would happen, you know? Um, and he was actually, God was actually reprimanding his people through the song, which is a whole nother conversation, but, (laughs) um, we need more songs like that. (laughs) Yeah, we do. We probably do. We probably do more admonishment. Um, but, uh, yeah. So there are points throughout scripture where David, um, soothes King Saul with his music and the evil spirit, he drives away the evil spirits from Saul. And that's why Saul brings King David, he wasn't king then, but David into his yeah. courts was to um, soothe and, uh, and get, you know, remove the evil spirits from his presence. And, and, and then obviously, David, songwriter, um, you know, man after God's own heart, like there are all of these, uh, 
these sort of nods to worship ministry, but nothing explicit in terms of the office and the role of the worship leader. And so what we're passionate about and kind of where equipped was derived from was Ephesians 4, and you alluded to it earlier. Um, But Ephesians 4, 11, the command is given. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so yeah. the body of Christ may be built up. Well, the office of worship leader isn't in there. And so yeah. my my hope through this program and um, platform is that um, I can encourage the leader to think deeply about their role. Uh, you know, to circle back what I learned er- in the early years running this internship with the Shanes and Clayton was – and still to this day, it's true, especially in the digital age that we live in, where we're gathering all this information from YouTube and all the things. Is yeah. we're constantly comparing ourselves, yeah. and um, oh, I, yeah. I think I think there's just a massive unhealth. There's there's a damaging element to the comparison game that we have going on whenever yeah. we, you know, and it may be unconscious. Like we just, maybe we flip on YouTube and we, we work or we're doing dishes or laundry or whatever. And we're just listening. Um, Um, and then we put our in-ears in on Sunday morning and it sounds awful, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and so we're constantly comparing and we're, and we're always trying to get better and grow and look for resources, do all this thing. When God is just saying, man, are you a, are you an apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist? Let's start there. And then let let's make music secondary, uh, and and let's let's major on the right things. So yeah. so for example, like Colossians three sixteen is a another staple um, scripture in the New Testament that talks about singing. Yeah. That says, "Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through singing." songs from the spirit singing to God with gratitude in your heart. So there's this model of singing together, but there really isn't, at least that I've found, help me, maybe I'm wrong, but I haven't found anything that is explicit in the New Testament about a, per, a worship leader yeah. leading others yep. in a time of singing. It talks about singing together, but not this yeah. role, this office yeah. of the worship leader. No, so, no. There's, there's one. There's an almost passage. It's this is kind of a joke, but in uh, in Hebrews too, Jesus is the worship leader who Jesus proclaims the, the name of God. He he's proclaiming, and he calls us his brothers and sisters. I'll proclaim your name among my brothers and sisters in the congregation. Mm. That's a powerful text. Yes. But why, but even yes. more so, we'll say like we're actually not the ultimate worship leader. Jesus is. And so, but no, you're like, you're totally right. There's no text. We get like a few texts about singing and like Ephesians five. This is kind of my whole thing, right? It's like Colossians three sixteen. let the word of Christ dwell in you richly or the message of Christ. And then Ephesians five says, and be filled with the spirit as you address one another in Psalms, hymns and spiritual songs. Like we get these awesome passages about addressing one another in songs, but yeah, no office of worship leader, no like set aside. Yeah. Person. And so what is that? Yeah. yeah how do we then it, interpret like the role? And so, yeah, uh, one of my good buddies. He's actually a, my pastor. He's uh, we've been attending church in Dallas called All Saints Anglican Church, and it's just been such a gift to us. Um, 
but one of the priests there, his name's Jay Wright, Dr. Jay Wright, and he wrote a blog recently that anyone listening can check out, adequateworship.com, about the role of the worship leader. And he he alludes to this and helps give some framework for how the modern worship leader came to be and how it evolved. Oh, well. And one thing that he says in there um, is the role of worship leaders evolved over the span of 2,000 years and longer if you consider the Jewish roots of Christian worship. Mm, what began yeah. as a chanter and became a choir leader would morph into organist and then song leader. Finally, the evolution has arrived at what many American churches have today, a worship leader. Um, yeah. And the current model, do, I mean, God, whoever's listening, it's, guys, the, the current model of worship leader began in 1960 like we are only talking about 60 years of this this kind of person on a mic with a guitar piano leading people with a band behind them yeah that kind of structure is just in its infancy and so but with all of that said i don't think it's unbiblical at at all that's not what we're saying it could be extra biblical um but the hope is that um, we help worship leaders be grounded and think deeply about their role as pastor, prophet, teacher, evangelist, apostle. Yeah, yeah and that's good. No matter what, and no matter what the model has looked like, there's there's always been a singular goal, and that's to facilitate some prayer of God's people. And yeah. so, what does that look like for your ministry context? Um, because chances are we don't need another Hillsong in Ames, Iowa or in Waco, Texas, or wherever you are. We don't, we don't need to just replicate identically exactly what Hillsong or Passion or Bethel are doing, even though they're doing great things. And I love the songs coming out of there and all of that. We can go on and on about that, but what is God asking you to do in your ministry context? And how does that look like methodologically? being informed and rooted in what the new Testament has to say about that role. Yeah, dude, that is so good. Like that was worth the price of admission on this. Uh, if someone, oh. if someone's watching this, like that was, that was gold. Yeah. I think that was super helpful. And yeah, I mean, if you're watching this and you want to go deeper on that, you should definitely consider signing up for equipped worship, uh, go and like checking out all the blogs and stuff that have been written, but that would be a great resource to, I think, start taking some of those, uh, those steps. And I want to like continue is because you guys, I, I don't know how many people are involved in your ministry, but there's a variety of coaches and you guys kind of have a pulse on, I I would assume like a multitude of different ministries and kind of what's happening in the broader worship culture, especially with your role with the Shanes and worship initiative, you kind of gotten to see that. What would you say is like one or two trends in the modern worship culture over the last uh, few years that you are really encouraged by? Mm, In the modern worship culture. (sighs) Ah, man, this is such a great question. Uh, you didn't prepare me for this question, Dalton. Well, you kind of did. I lied. But it was it was right before we got on. Two so. seconds before we hit record, I said, in heads up, I'm going to ask this. <laughs> Man, I would say, like, in a healthy way, like, so many, there's just so many great songs to sing. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. just such a, I think that's such a positive thing. Like, maybe where 25 years ago, we had 
the latest Integrity album or Maranatha Praise album or whatever came out, and and the song choices, the song landscape was smaller and maybe more limited than it is today. And there are just so yeah. many awesome, awesome songs to choose from. Um, I think yeah. I'm encouraged by that. Um, you know, I am encouraged by um, all the conversations that are happening. I, I it, it's a it's a give and take. It's a positive and a negative thing. Like there's so many. I will. I'll just stick with the positive. I I'm just encouraged by um, the online platforms and what Dalton's doing with Spirit Truth and in all of the different mediums uh, that are being used to um, communicate God's gospel. Um, yeah. And and that are seeking to really build up the body of Christ. Uh, mm, this just, this just wasn't possible like yeah. 30 years ago. It just wasn't possible. Yeah. Um, wow. you had to go to your local Christian bookstore and buy the cassette tape or whatever yeah. to listen to sermons or to listen to, you know, Paul Balash talk about worship ministry or Phil Wickham yeah. or wh- whoever, Shannon, Shane, whoever it is. Yeah. Um, and now we can, we can, we have access to all of these people who have, decades of ministry experience um and so i'm encouraged by that as well wow yeah that's i think that's huge yeah i was talking to someone the other day just about the the gift that man we do have access like could you imagine trying to do some of the things we do today uh but no internet and no like ability just like instantly get the resources you need and the equipping you need uh and it's a real gift that i i just don't want to take uh for granted that like the lord has like put us in an age where it's like it's easier to get theological education than it's ever been we actually have more resources to be better equipped than in any age in church history it would be a shame if we didn't take advantage of that to be the most equipped generation of worship leaders to go and like continue yeah. to be faithful to all that God's called us to. And so the flip side of that question though, would be what's like one or two trends that you've seen as you kind of have a pulse on different things that maybe have been more discouraging among uh, worship leaders and the, in the worship culture today. Mm. Mm. Man, I just think, I just think, um, it's really the hardest time, the most difficult, challenging time in history to hear God's voice clearly. Mm. Um, and what I mean by that is there are just, it's kind of the opposite side of the coin of what we just talked about, but there are so many voices and so many resources and um, so many songs being written and this pressure, I think, on the worship leader to create the most hip, uh, dynamic, professional, excellent worship set possible. Yeah. yeah. When God isn't asking us to do any of those things. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so I think the struggle, the tension is pushing back on the lights and the fog and the sexiness of commercialized Christian music and worship culture and really hearing God's voice and God's spirit, uh, for yeah. your local context and your ministry context. It's real. it's just really easy. If you follow 50 worship leaders who are professional at what they do to think, man, I want to, that's so inspiring. I need to be doing that. Or I really want to do that for our, 
congregation when man maybe that's not what maybe that's not what god is asking you to do that that would be my tension that i'm having is just the the um everything is is it can quickly be commercialized and um replicated with with this day and age and the internet and youtube and how good everything sounds when you hear it in your ears coming off youtube or in your car speakers yeah um there's just a real temptation to major on the minors instead of focusing on real ministry work yeah so that would be my tension does that make sense i don't know if i'm totally getting it well no, I think I think that resonates with me on a personal level. Like anybody who like follows this uh, podcast knows that there there was recently five months of me stopping all YouTube videos, all podcasts uh, for two reasons. One, it was in a time of of prayer. The Lord spoke to my heart and said. I'm going to ask you to set this down for a while. And two, at the same time, he's asking me to go deeper in with my local church and to give all of my energy and attention to serving a very particular uh, set of people who are like right in front of me in flesh and bone that actually needed more of my time, energy and attention uh, than mm-hmm. like whatever's out here on uh, podcast world and YouTube and videos and kind of the, yeah, all of the influencer stuff. And like that was actually something that I needed to just like set aside to focus in on my own local church. So I think there's a real temptation to see other worship leaders uh, who maybe God has blessed their ministry and think one, it's like, oh man, I should be doing that. Or that's what success looks like. I think there's also just like maybe a deeper rooted sin issue of just like wanting to make a name for ourselves uh, and not trusting the Lord with your ministry. And so that's like for my own heart, like I'm not like trying to anybody listen to this. I'm not saying that that's you, but like, I think it's worth like surveying our hearts every once in a while and go, why do I get on stage and lead songs? Is it because I want to yeah. see Christ exalted and his spirit do a work among us and and people transformed and we all with unveiled faces beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into his image, one degree of glory to yeah. the next? Or is it because I love the feeling I get when I walk off stage and someone says, you sounded awesome, that was really powerful. And I just think it's like, man, there will always be that tension. I don't think we're going to get to the point this side of heaven where we have totally 100% pure motives, especially when we're always fighting the microphone and the spotlight and the platform. Uh, but I think that it's something that if we aren't like keeping in check and being aware of, <clears throat> that can very easily, you look up one day and you go, dude, I just spent 10 years like chasing after my own name. And I, I hope that doesn't ever happen to me. And mm. I felt like there, there are these moments where the Lord just in his kindness reminds me, it's like, Hey, you could set down everything else you're doing and just seek after me. And that will actually be enough to fulfill all those other things that you're trying to chase. Mm. And so, yeah, I love, mm. I love that though. I thought, yeah, yeah, that was super good. That is gold Dalton. Dude, <laughs> I have goosebumps right now. You just oh. preached to me, bro. That man. is good, man. Well, no, I feel the same good. way just hearing you talk. Um, yeah, man, dude. I, it, well, just last thing on that. My prayer yeah. for folks leading worship is really ask God for discernment to make the distinction between is is this a concert for me to enjoy or is this a worship leadership resource that I should use yeah. to equip yeah. others for the work of the ministry in my local body? Yeah. Like yeah. pray for discernment and ask God because – and. That makes it sound like the Christian artist who plays concerts is evil or something. That's not what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's what I would say. Like, just ask God for discernment. What is what am I supposed to take away from this uh, for me and my local body? 
Yeah, no, I love that. Um, I wanted one more question before we kind of wrap things up. Uh, what would you say is like maybe just one or two of the most common areas of growth that is you're getting worship leader? And maybe they're all different. It's hard to pick. But would you say there's any like one or two areas that you're consistently seeing among worship leaders that is an area that just maybe it would speak to a broader uh, category of people listening to this that are like, hey, if you're not thinking about this area of your ministry, you might actually be missing something really critical. I don't know if anything mm. comes to mind. Well, we, we, we talked a little bit about it. I would just say, like, really consider what the Word of God, what the Bible has to say about your role. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. think deeply about your role as a minister beyond music. Um, yeah. I think, if, I think that grounds us as artists and worship leaders and artsy folks who just yeah. want to make beautiful things. Yeah. Uh, I think it grounds us. Um, and so I would say just, like, Maybe, maybe if there's a form of accountability with someone on your staff or your team or a friend or a, a ministry partner, um, just ask, maybe loop them into your life and just say, man, how can we work together on um, seeking what God's holy word and holy scriptures say about the role of the minister? Yeah. Um, and I think that alone will provide so much growth in, yeah. and development in the in the minister's life yeah man other than that gosh i i think that's what matters the most you know in terms of like the more you know uh like the subtopics i'm just trying to think like i think what trips people up oftentimes maybe from a musical standpoint is the worship leader just doesn't know how to speak the language of the Mm. musicians on the stage and so you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot oftentimes because you just don't know what to say to the drummer when they're doing their thing. And so you just kind of like, Hey, can you, instead of doing what you just did, can you just do this? You know, and you just like air drum or, or you (laughs) beatbox. (laughs) Yeah. So, so there's, I think just like, I, I think most worship leaders struggle with one of those two categories, like staying biblically grounded on their role as minister or like being able to speak the musical language. It's like they fall into one of those two cat. Yeah. They either lean one way or the other. Right. <laughs> it seems yep, like yep. at least in my experience. Totally. Um, and I've, I've felt that way myself where I'm like, man, I'm totally ill-equipped biblically. I've had those yeah. seasons or mm. man, I'm totally ill-equipped musically. I need yep. to learn more about, the keys player and their sounds and their layers. And I need to learn more about main stage so I can speak the language to the keys player, for example. So, yeah, yeah, I would just say, um, and the last thing I'll say Dalton is a unicorn doesn't exist. So (laughs) lead pastors are always looking for unicorns and they don't exist. And so you're either going to be like crazy strong in the artistic performance area. Yeah or crazy, crazy strong in the management, organizational management, building teams area, and maybe you're not as gifted vocally or something. The unicorn, I haven't. I've never seen a unicorn. Have you seen a unicorn, Dalton? I've never seen a unicorn. My seven-year-old and my three-year-old girls, they've, they've both seen unicorns, but I've never seen a unicorn. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's So <laughs> that's all I would say. I, I think that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Oh, totally. Yeah. I, I absolutely see the same tension of, uh, you lean, you lean towards the music stuff. You lean towards more of the shepherding, uh, leader, the management side. I would say those are both areas. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's good. Like it's actually like good. And you could probably find other people in your team who lean a different way that can actually like counterbalance your own strengths and weaknesses. And I'll just say those were both two areas when I first started leading worship that I was totally under equipped for and terrified of. Uh, and one of those things yeah. I went to the worship initiative and started learning how to play every other instrument on the team. So I could tell my team, like, I, it's like, I don't want to ask you to do something that I'm unable to do. So I usually like, I'm like, if I can figure out how to play it, I can probably help a keys player who's better than me also figure out how to play it and know, like kind of how to speak to them and, learn some of the four on the floor drum language or, you know, different kinds of drum grooves. And so I'm not a great drummer, but I can now kind of speak the language and talk about the syncopation. And I was a music major in college. I have a lot of the music stuff, but a lot of our worship teams, like, you can tell them that it's like a dotted eight sixteenth. They actually might not know what that means because they don't have formal music training. So like even learning to take like a music degree and then translate it. But then on the other side, I also took a class from Austin Stone. They used to offer this thing called Foundations. And it was like all shepherding theological. So it was kind of like I was getting like craft training and like theological and uh, shepherding training on one side. And th- But it was like... I was like, okay, if I was supposed to lean one way, I'm not even sure I, I leaned either way. I was right in the middle and bad at both. <laughs> and, and I just needed to grow. And so I just went all in on trying yeah. to find both of those uh, areas to grow. And so, yeah, if you're listening to this, I would just say admitting that you have a weakness is actually an advantage because as soon as you know what you're weak in, you can start growing in it. And so don't, don't mm-hmm. like try to convince yourself that you actually don't need to grow in one of those areas and just, yeah, just start chasing down the areas that you think mm-hmm. you're not as gifted in. And as we, uh, as we kind of close, I just want to bring attention because one, one of the things you, uh, you have a checklist, a free downloadable checklist for, uh, worship leaders to download. And I, I got it earlier and was going through it. And actually oh, cool. a lot of the stuff we're talking about right now, you had just some great encouragements in it. One of the things was like, learn all of the parts of your vocalist and band because someone will come unprepared to your rehearsal and you can be ready to teach them. And I was just like, that is so good. Like to think on that level of like, Hey, why don't you actually learn all the harmony parts and like, so that when your vocalist inevitably doesn't totally know their part, which is okay. Cause they're volunteers and they don't have yeah. 40 hours a week to think about this. You're actually ready to say, Hey, like, this is how it goes. Or I just thought that was super helpful. And there were a bunch of other stuff, like some reminders as well, some really practical things. And so if you're watching this, like go uh, to equipped worship, it's on there. I know it's linked in y'all's bio for your Instagram right now. And so, yeah, I would just go check that out. Uh, and then for anybody listening who maybe serves at a church plant, you guys offer a deal for church plants. You said it's 30% off, I think, uh, which is just huge. And so is that, uh, is that just for church? Like, what do you consider a church plant? Like how, how would someone go about applying for that and getting that discount? Um, man, uh, it, it depends on your situation, but typically under 150 members and you're less than two years old, you know, sweet. Um, so yeah. And yeah. So yep. To answer your question. Yeah. Man, well, I'll just close this out here with a couple of rapid fire questions. Uh, if you were to go to a coffee shop right now, what's your go-to order? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, hey, man, I, I, I'm okay with Starbucks usually, 
So all you hipster children, kids, you're going to be like, ooh, he likes Starbucks. But the the oat milk shaken, brown sugar, oat milk shaken espresso, iced, is like oatmeal in a cup, man. It is Sweet. delicious. <laughs> I have never heard of that, but it sounds awesome. Oh, wow. That's great. What's your, uh, what is your favorite worship song to play or lead right now? Oh, man. Uh, I get juiced up all over when i play um christ be magnified by cody carnes nice yeah that's a great song which uh what line in the bridge do you sing um, you can hang me there with you or i'll be crucified with you i'll be crucified with you that's what i that's what i prefer to when i got to my current church so they said you can hang me there with you and i was like Strong. Can I can I go back? They're both good. I, I was like, I like, I like, I I say. I don't wrong disagree. The first two I don't times. disagree with it or anything. Yeah, no. It's just str- yeah. strong. It's explicit. Yeah. yeah, I I just let it so many times that I like could not get it right. Oh. I was just, it was like ingrained <laughs> to sing it the wrong way. That chorus um, is incredible, man. It, it inspires more worship in me. So wow. I love it. Yeah. Yep. Love it. Well, cool. Well, Hey, that's all I've got. Thank you so much for coming on Ross. This was a a joy. Uh, really love getting to connect more and hear about what you guys are doing. And hopefully like if anybody's listening to this and they want to jump on, they can, what's y'all's URL for your website? www.equippedworship.com. Sweet. Yeah. So go check that out. Y'all have, yeah, lots of resources available. <clears throat> yeah. Like the, the blogs and stuff you're doing as well as like on Instagram, you can follow and they're posting some awesome stuff. And so if you found this helpful, you could like this video, subscribe to the YouTube channel and rate the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. And we will hopefully see you in the next video. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for listening to the Spirit Truth Worship Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and also subscribe to the YouTube channel. And go ahead and give this podcast a rating in whatever podcast player you're listening to it in. And we'll catch you in the next episode.